0: Hey one and all, welcome, welcome, welcome to season four of your favorite podcast, Godfidence. I'm your host, Matthew Williams, William Spaz. The theme for this season is approaching God with confidence because he is my... Well, this week, we are going to be discussing God as my father. With our amazing guest, pastor and author, Sir Kevin Allen. So get comfortable. And just get ready to absorb the rich insights he has to share. And believe me, you won't be disappointed. This episode is really dear to me. Because I want persons to always have this understanding that God is our father. He's our king, he's our warrior, he is the judge, but he is our father. And that brings it... That. He's sovereign and everything, but he wants that personal relationship and that love that a father will have to be given to us. And Kevin and I will be speaking, looking at different examples of how we can understand God as our father and what blessing that has for us and what a privilege it is. And really how much we can be thankful that God looks at us as his children. And as the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18, it says, And I'll be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, the Lord Almighty says. And that is what God really wants, that we are looking at him as our father. And Jesus prayed, and we'll be looking into that in the podcast, that we address God as our father. I pray you will be blessed and share with a friend, take your notes. This will be beautiful. This is the next segment of God for Dance: called Past Game where we will hear real and personal stories told by William Sparrows or for occasional guests. All right let's get into it so welcome kavan to godfidence podcast sir so thank you very much for joining us
1: thank you for having me matthew i am honored i am very honored to be
0: here with you. i'm honored to have you on it too thank you very much
1: so it's
0: about godfidence approaching god with confidence and accepting that he is our father and can approach him from that that standpoint so let's go about just tell us about yourself just a bit and then we'll go right into the topic
1: well yes um i think this is an amazing topic to be honest i love the name of the podcast i think it is necessary to really explore this for believers because um we don't always feel confident approaching the god that created the whole world right and so um, I love the term confidence that we are not, you know, thinking of confident in our own abilities, but we become confident in who He is, and it yeah, is important that that's what He wants. So, a uh, little about me. I, um, well, I grew up in a Christian home. Both my parents were Christians. Um, my father was always in ministry, so was my mother. But my father was like the pastor. He was an associate pastor, the highest, uh, I guess, uh, title he has had. and My mommy, eventually, after that, he passed when I was 12, became a pastor. But I I lived in Christianity, was around it all my life. Um, Going to church every Sunday, daddy preached around the country. I would go with him from time to time. um, We did devotions, you know, all of of that good stuff. So Jesus, was his Lord was and all of that. I never doubted that. That's what I was taught. Um, and I actually gave my heart to the Lord at age five. All right, I know people are here them like, well, you're, what are you talking about? But it was a very real and unique experience for me. Um, I went to Church of God a Prophecy Junior Camp for children, but I was the youngest at the time. When I went, I wasn't supposed to go. The truth is, my sister was the eldest, was old enough to go. I Am in the middle, I'm too young to go, and my brother, the youngest, his godparents kept him. Nobody would keep me while my mom was working <laughs> camp. My father was also a fireman, so you know, he could, I couldn't stay home. So, yeah. mommy just asked us allow them to allow me to come, ask them to allow me to come so that she could come and serve. So, she, we are I'm at camp, and I mean, the preacher was talking about giving your heart to the Lord and stuff. and. I just felt like it was the right thing to do, so I went up and I went and I did it and I wept like a baby. I don't know why. Yeah. What's baby? All right, oh, was, <laughs> what's happening? Good point. <laughs> um, another night, he talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues, and I just followed the instructions and. It was an outer body like experience for me at five. I was speaking in tongues. Um, And I mean, almost every night, if camp had five nights, I cried probably four to the five nights at the altar, just crying before God. And I don't know why. And I couldn't stop crying. And it it felt good. It didn't feel like bad crying. And I wanted to cry because I'm like, this feels really good. And so, (laughs) you know, I wanted to get baptized. My parents allowed me. And I started preaching at six, which is a funny story as well. Uh, again at camp, they dropped the age this time because I was more than a year too young at the time, so they dropped the age to six, where I was now six. And I was at camp, and every dorm had to do a talent for points, a talent, you know, piece yeah. for points. And my coach at the time felt cute, we let the youngest guy at camp preach, <laughs> you know. Um and so, he thought this would be a cute thing, but I went up and preached, and it made sense. I wasn't trying to mock preach, you know, like people mock.
0: Yeah.
1: God said, no, I was just, I just said, the time. I, yeah, I said, that he preach all the time, I said, my bishop preach every Sunday, you know, so I went and I just talked up the word, how I understood it at six, and people were like, that's amazing, the, the thing with camp is, in Church of God of Prophecy, in Jamaica, you have over 300 churches all over the country. So you have people present from all over the country. So when I came back from camp, all these people were now calling my mommy. Can he come and preach at my church for <laughs> youth Sunday, children Sunday, whatever. So I had all these opportunities at my own local church. I preached as well and again that was my second time ever at six it was it made sense people were you know convicted and you know then i started just going around so it just happened like that so that's that's my start daddy died when i was 12 that was a big blow um but i saw the hand that god keep us it's mommy three children daddy was the breadwinner daddy was the, the 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 alpha male the strong christian if it's anybody that should live forever it would be daddy right so that was a big blow but i mean i experienced god holding us together keeping us i can give you testimonies for days and seeing god in the midst of such dire crisis to help me at five and six, I know my experience was real. So even though I couldn't articulate and people like, that don't make any sense. You can't be a Christian. I know it was real. Every time I preached, I know it was real what I felt. I was trying to feel, you know. But at 12 and 13, when daddy was dead and I was angry at God and trying to understand why he would do this while still preaching and going to school and, you know, liking girls and, you know, gangs you know at school probably you know so you, know, you can join this gang to protect i mean i went through all the things as a teenager all the temptations but finding god in all of that was very important for me and it helped me to to know how real he was um and and it became more like god was my lifeline more than just let's pray to god out there type of thing and Uh, The last thing about me growing up, and you know, just when I am preaching, because that's what I saw at five my father and my bishop they would just read a scripture and preach. So I didn't even know that you could like have notes, I didn't know it's it's not me trying to knock out. Up to this day, I don't preach with notes because I just thought that's how you preach. Um, I think about seven or eight when I learned you could at least write the scripture down. On a piece of paper, that what you could do that, you know, because <laughs> I'm trying to remember, you know, Psalm 23, 1 to 8, Matthew 6, you know, 5 to 11, you know, like, oh, you cannot just write that down, you know. Um, so when I go up there, I am literally relying on God as a five, as a six year old, as a seven year like tell me what to tell the people, and it's it's an amazing experience, and so it really solidified god realness to me. I'm, fast forward No, um, i'm married uh i have three daughters um i i'm a pastor i work with young people mainly i go around and preach like daddy did now so that's that's cool you know Um <laughs> uh, yeah i have a fashion business with my wife with the wedding gowns um she does it you know, i can't design her so <laughs> help with the business aspect uh, and I wrote this book which I know we're going to talk about um the father wants sons not servants so I think yeah that's me
0: <laughs> awesome so from early from early you actually had a lot of confidence which is cool this is really nice
1: <laughs> I did <laughs> you know I, I remember in I just left sixth farm at Ulmer's and a friend of mine that was like a year below me she called me she was really like anxious she has um, Cape and a part of Cape, um, I can't remember the exam, but a part of the exam is communication studies, you have to do a presentation I was like, yeah. I cannot present in front of people and I was, that was so strange to me and I'm like <laughs> you only have the two people to present in front of, what do yeah, you mean? You Those you two... someone else. No, this is scary and I realized that, well firstly, I went to church and from I could talk, I had to be in front of the church the golden text is taken from yes you know,
0: that's true
1: Genesis 1 you know that, that was the norm so that helped me and then preaching as well like being in front of people I still get nervous to this day but not like I can't you know there's there's always a nervousness that comes you hope you do well you're trusting God to speak through you but yes. I realized yeah this developed my confidence even outside of church you know that's true
0: and that's the same for me too it's it's just remarkable that even though you weren't focusing on it for secular it pours over in all those aspects yes for sure so let's hit into this topic so the first thing why why did you even refer to to choose to refer to god as your father rather than the judge the shepherd what, what's that?
1: That's such a good question, Martin, and that's something that we explore in the book. You know, I think a lot of people when we think about how to relate to God, we love to take our example from from Jesus. You know, and when you think about Jesus, Jesus, almost exclusively called God Father, more than any other terminology that he used to relate to God. But not just that. God seems to refer to us as his children as well very consistently um, and you know the scripture said Paul was the of love the father has given us that we should be called sons of God and so it's a privilege it's an expression of His love for us that he would refer to us like that and, 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 and the idea of God as father I mean one of the most important things I guess in a Christian journey is is to communicate to God, you know, but via prayer. And when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he told them, pray, saying this, our Father, who are in heaven. And that is so revolutionary because the truth is, is you follow the Old Testament and they mainly referred to like Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Jacob, you know, the, the patriarchy as their father. That's true. And God of my Father, Shepherd, and you know, Elohim, the Creator, the the, the 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 mighty King. Um, but here is Jesus. In fact, when you follow that prayer, the only part of that prayer they would have never prayed really was the first two words, Our Father. That's really what made the prayer revolutionary because they would yeah. have asked for forgiveness, asked for daily bread, asked for the kingdom to come, asked but, His will. I mean the only part of that prayer that would have been new to them or different was our father. And yeah, so...
0: That's good. Because if yeah. i looking at what you say saying now, just the thought of it, the Israelites would always refer to God and say the God of my father, Abraham. The God mm. of my father never, ever tried to say, okay, my father. That was sweet really true.
1: So yeah, these are the thoughts that rocked my mind um, as I looked at it and then I, I wrote when I, I started writing, when I became a father, my first daughter and how I related to her, that was the the, the pure love you know, the pure yeah. love and the responsibility and the desire to see her do well and I'm like, is this how God views us, <laughs> you know, and the whole yeah. it was just a whole journey and process and so I realized just how important it was and so God really helped me to go through this journey and this is a missing piece for christians and our confidence you know there's a great difference in approaching a great king who you yes. serve than a, than your father who, who is, is a, a king? king who you yeah. serve you
0: know so yeah that's true it, it, it's a whole different ballgame when you view it that way than just yeah. a king who you fear because you got esther going before her king but she knew that he was her husband so therefore there was a different confidence behind it
1: yeah excellent point i think that was very would be very fearful if she just ran into the king
0: yes but you she know, knew this king loved her
1: yeah exactly and though i guess that you would still be somewhat worried you know to yeah. come on and, and someone and what that can mean but it's a greater confidence yes yeah i agree so
0: how did this really affect as you talked about your daughter it affected your relationship with your daughter and how did it how did that go about
1: you know i i would rather say my relationship with my daughter affected (laughs) how i wrote this book you know because sometimes some things are concepts in our head and you like get it in your head and you get it, the theory of it, but then when you're living it out, you're like, we are so missing something. That's true. We are really missing it. Like, to have a daughter that... I mean, you talk about messing up, you literally change your children's mess. And even when it annoys you or whatever, you do it because you know it's necessary. And, you know, if you're a frightened parent like me, you do it with joy. Well. <laughs> When it gets too messy, I call my wife, but (laughs) God is not like me, let's put that out there, but (laughs) There was a lot of joy in taking care of my my daughter and um, You're you're saying, what if she didn't view me as a father? What if she saw me as the man who takes care of her? Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: know, there's just so much to it and so that when I realized just having a child and what that meant, it really helped me to just open up this revelation and search scripture more to to see if what I'm experiencing is even at some level how God feels about us and how God views us and how God wants us to see him. And I really believe Father is the type of relationship that God wants to have with us. I, I believe it's the first and foremost relationship. That's why Jesus prayed. How we pray, Our Father, who lives in heaven, whose name is holy. It is I. God said, I want it to be my children, my sons. I want to use the word sons. It's it's both sons and daughters. I don't want our women to feel left out. <laughs> the re, the reality is only sons in those days got an inheritance yep. and so when a woman heard that God called him son it would then mean to them you're able to inherit from your father mm-hmm. and that, that's amazing and I always joke that woman if, if somebody teasing that God calls you a son just remind that man that God calls you know called him a bride right. you know? <laughs> if you follow the scripture you realize that God always puts us in the position of the inheritor the son inherits from the father, the bride inherits from the groom. He, he's literally trying to show us, I want to freely give to you. I want you to be confident in being able to lay hold on what I have because it is now yours. You know, we are joint heirs with Jesus, so you are, you are a son no giant in inheriting like jesus is inherit had inherited from god the father and so it is it is a very important concept and that that i don't think can be stressed stressed enough so um tequila firstly i mean i finished the book when i think all three of my daughters were born when i finished the book but my first daughter Tehila um really help in the initial just solidifying in my mind how serious this title father was and that if God says when you pray to me come saying father that is not like that is serious you know Um, yeah
0: and so you just mentioned on how we now can be able to understand the position we hold after calling, after knowing that God is your father, that position of inheritance, that position of of knowing that he actually wants to treat us like his children, what does that bring to the table for us as kingdom persons in the society? How does that stand for us?
1: Well, Matthew, if, if if God is your father and God is the king of the world, <laughs> yeah. You know, oh my God, man, it would change. I think a lot of Christians feel like we have no say, or no power, or no yeah. capability to change things and to make things better. You know, one of the things, and, and I know you're focusing on, on the father wants sons, but yeah. I mean I not servants, because one of the things that happened as a believer, as a kingdom citizen, and we come back to kingdom in a moment, is yeah. that we normally view ourselves as servants when it comes to God. You know, I am just a servant, and the Bible uses the term servants, you know. But a good son serves. Yeah. If you look at all the parables of a son in scripture, they were all serving.
0: That's true. But
1: a servant isn't a son. That was one of the chapters I wrote was Abraham's Dilemma. Abraham said, God, you so richly blessed me, but you have not given me a son to give the inherit to give my what I, my inheritance to. Should I give it to a servant? You know mm. it, it is like a servant doesn't inherit. A servant does it's, it's it's almost like if I don't have a child to give it to you know, in that case a son my legacy ends with me, you you are a reflection of your father. Um, I went to talk about uh, one of the parables where the the, the, the the father left a vineyard and he sent his servants back to the servants that were running the vineyard and they beat them and then he sent his son and he, they killed the son but one of the things I realized is that the expectation of the father was that you treat the son differently
0: yes because he was the last one to go
1: yes and that you treat the son like you would treat me very important i feel a concept today now Matthew think about it i'm not trying to belittle any occupation i'm just trying to help your mind if you think about it if you have a ceo what do you expect of the child
0: grow up to
1: if you have a janitor and again not to be little, you know any legal work it's just i just try to help the mind the mind of people is if, if you have a janitor janitor's child unfortunately your mind limits them to yeah. the role no. of their parents
0: yeah it's a blue job.
1: exactly in our minds we are a reflection of our parents and it is true so God says if you're going to shine my light, if you're going to represent me, I am literally giving you my DNA, I'm telling you you are born again, you are born of incorruptible seed you have my spirit you have, you know all of me, Now in you, you are a new creature all things have passed away all things have become new because you are mine you are not able to stand and reflect me. And then when you go to, you, you, you said kingdom in the kingdom. What does that mean for kingdom people? That's a very interesting term, because the kingdom in a monarchical setting is only one, um, only in that setting, in a monarchy, that you have this kingdom term. It's only to family, and in the truest sense, it's only passed the sons. You you, yeah. you cannot say, oh, I'm a kingdom citizen and the kingdom belongs to me and I'm a part of the kingdom and I've inherited the kingdom. You only, king, only sons get the kingdom. And so the scripture was trying to unlock this secret for us all along. All along, the scriptures were yeah. saying, the father wants you to be his son, to reflect him and to inherit his kingdom only sons can inherit it and so the bible That's says it. fear not little flock it is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom mm-hmm. and you realize that term he says little flock the, the, the sheep um, that is in that, that the shepherd directs are sheep who are the father sons. fear it. not the flock it is your father's pleasure and so, everyone in the kingdom has been led by the good shepherd, Daddy. And again, it's all in the book. <laughs> 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 I'm not just going to the king, I'm going to Daddy, who is the king. And I, I always say to people, it's, I found it very interesting. I, I don't know if, at least the only time in my lifetime, that a US president had young children while being president would be Barack Obama. And I just love to think to that. What is the dynamics? The president of the United States, and we live in the White House, and you know, my, one of his daughters who needed attention or needed help. Yes, he's busy, and he's not like God who can be uh, everywhere, every time, and all of that. So they are not always have access, but you don't go through what others go through. You know, you don't have to go to your secretary to set an appointment.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: You know, in fact, if he gets a report that one of their grades are, you know, not as good as it should be, I can imagine he is now saying, "Listen, I need to spend more time. I need to go find out." I need to. Yeah. You have this amazing access, more than even the the other heads of governments all across the world, just by virtue of being the, the the daughter of the president. I'm telling you, it's the same thing, and we in Jamaica have young young children again in um, our prime minister have um, young boys so it, it, it's, it's a very similar process with God that you should be confident I'm going to daddy that's that's the journey of the prodigal son that that I mean you know I'll give you something from the book and it's a revelation that really blessed my heart that the prodigal son we all should know the story wanted his inheritance left squandered it in like, wide living you know had nothing to eat life, mash up, wanted to eat pigs' food, nobody gave him the pig food to eat you know the bible says when he came to his senses and you know he went back home but what the bible call come to your senses the bible says he said my father yeah. and the moment you realize who his father was my father um, hired servants are treated better than this. He was trying to get a job, they treated him poorly. He's like, My father treated people better than this. When I realized who my father is, I am restored. My life is changed. Yeah. So he went back to his father to be a servant, funnily. And my father is like, no, you are a son. And 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 had a party for him. And his life was changed. The moment we see God as Father, a lot of Christians are stepping away from God's mercy, from God's leading, from God's love, from God's direction because they don't see him as Father. They feel like, I made this mistake, therefore I must fix it. And when I fix it, then I call <laughs> God. God, I fix it, I'm ready. What you said? Look, I know I messed up, but I fixed it now. But that, you know, I want my girls to call me when they make mistakes and say, Daddy, you know, can you help me? You know, if it's other people now, you'll be like, yeah, let me see if it's your children, you're to today. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's just very important. And, and, and then you are no longer confident in who you are. You're confident in who your father is. Yeah. And it's amazing. <laughs>
0: So just as we end i wanted to just tell somebody who might be thinking struggling about the whole fact that they can actually call god their father and that he's actually reaching out he wants children to actually know that he is their father
1: personally um thank you for that opportunity for this opportunity matthew in romans 8 um, verse 15 it says the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father which means our father and so you as a believer are somebody who probably wants to be a believer but don't know what to do why you know is afraid because of misunderstanding the relationship god wants once you give your heart to him you are free from the fear of slavery and bondage. You are not, This relationship is not a taskmaster relationship. You are now given the spirit of God to receive his love. That does what? Causes you to cry out, daddy. That is how you begin to see him. You can now talk to him from a father. Seeing him as daddy doesn't make a shirt. Sure the responsibility of of being respectful. You respect your parents. You're respectful to your father. It doesn't stop you from serving. As I said earlier, a good son serves. This is just what happens. You know, when a pe- in fact, if you have a business, I've come to realize where you have a good son working in the business, they don't run and jump ship if the biz- things in the business are getting harder. You know, even when everybody else is working for a paycheck, they are working to carry on a legacy, so they work even harder, you know. And so this is now an opportunity to come to God, tell Him your deepest, darkest spirit. He's now in the game with you, you know. He's he's your daddy. He's about your well-being. He's about things coming together. He's about giving you guidance. That's a part of the Father's role, direction, strengthening you. He, he's not going to just throw you aside. You do poorly with this, you know. Get out. He's now saying you're a reflection of me. So, therefore, any area of weakness, I want to help you to become strong. So, you know, come to your good father, man. He loves you and he sees you as his own child. The same love and grace and power that he would give um, to Jesus is what he's given to you. So receive it with your arms wide open and go with confidence to him and receive from Him.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much Pastor Kavon Allen and he is a, an author of the book The Father Wants Sons Not Servants. And he's a transformational speaker so you can also, as he has given his contact, you can Contact him to speak at whichever whichever event you have. Thank you very much again, sir, for joining us. It was a pleasure. Great insights.
1: Thank you, sir. This was fun. I did really enjoy myself.
0: So thank you again for supporting Godfidence yet another week. We appreciate you. And also, please support Kevin Allen as he has written the book, The Father Wants Sons, Not Servants. This is a great book, so please buy one for yourself, buy one for your child, buy one for your family member. All right, so I'll allow Kevin to now tell you how you can get the book.
1: Thank you for that opportunity. Um, You can get it on Amazon, so you can go on Amazon, you can order the father and son's not servant, whether the paperback or the Kindle version on Amazon. Um, I think it's $15.99. Um, for paperback at 9.99 for the Kindle version. If you're in Jamaica, um, you can connect with me directly whether via email, Kavan Allen, K-A-V-A-N-A-L-L-E-N 555, so that's the number five, three times, Kavan Allen 555 at gmail.com, or you can call me at 884-8817. 84-8817 um, and you can order a copy from me, um, and I'll sign it for you. <laughs> you know that's for two five. The, the book costs two five, but it, it it is an amazing journey, Matthew. It's something that changed my life, and it gives you confidence to come boldly before the throne of grace in times of need. Cause I'm not just going to the king; I'm going to Daddy, who is the king.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. To support Godfriends again, we're Godfriends not just for yourselves, but for others. You can purchase a shirt with one over our slogan shared here on the podcast. Order your shirt today from Will underscore Inspires that says Z at the end instead of an S on Instagram. Oh, well, continue to have a great week, guys. Blessings Unlimited. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Godfriends. All within you. I'm looking forward to hearing your questions, your answers to my questions, and your comments. Set your reminders to drop in next week. You might even hear your answer, your question, or your comment being addressed by me, your host, Will Inspires, or a special guest. Please tune in with me every Wednesday at 530 p.m. Remember, let's not just have confidence, but God.